Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back to the Hurricane Hotline as we continue. A reminder, University of Miami baseball team is home tonight against Bethune-Cookman. And on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Georgia Tech comes to town in Coral Gables. We're now going to move our attention to University of Miami basketball, both men's and women's. Plenty to chew over there, and nobody better to do it. And I think making her first appearance on the Hurricane Hotline, I don't know how that is possible. But joining us uh, is Michelle Kaufman who's been a, a friend of mine and a peer of mine for so many years. I don't even know if we've ever done a radio show together. Uh, maybe we have. I know we've covered a lot of the same events, including the University of Miami. And uh, 26 years, you've been on the University of Miami basketball beat. And uh, like me, you were rewarded this year with an incredible run. Uh, what was your takeaway from University of Miami basketball on the men's side? Well, I mean, for me, like you said, having been 26 years on the beat and before that, I was at UM as a student in 1985 from 83 to 87. I was at UM. So I was there in 85 when they resurrected the program. I mean, I was writing for the school paper when Bill Foster was hired and when they had the first tryouts, I'll never forget they had open tryouts for that team on the patio Mm -hmm. of the student union and they brought in portable baskets and just random kids on campus tried out and a couple of those Mike Knoblet and, and Bob Schneckenberg made that team so uh, you know as somebody who has truly been there from 1985 and seen all of the ups and a lot of the downs of this program and watching them in empty arenas near empty arenas at night you know James L. Knight Center Miami Arena then the building of then hearing oh once they build an on-campus arena it's going to be packed you're not going to be able to get in the students are going to come and you know we know what happened there that didn't happen uh until this year I mean this year really something big happened and I think it was um you know I think it was building on the elite eight from last year I think you know coach L since he got here has has elevated the program obviously to, to a new level I think Leonard Hamilton and his staff did an amazing job. And if they had stuck around, you know, I think this could have maybe been a, a program that that every you know couple of years had to run in the, in the in the tournament. But there was a big interruption there after he left, and you know, Coach L came in and to make you know to make the Sweet Sixteen was a big deal with the team he had in thirteen and sixteen, and then the Elite Eight. And I think this season was building on that elite eight team. You know, first of all, several of the players were back from that team, Jordan Miller, Isaiah Wong, you know, Wuga was there and Bensley and these guys who, who were there, Anthony Walker were there. So they came back and the fans and the students, I mean, 
to me, just seeing students pack the student section after 26 years on the beat for the first time, really. And it really felt like a true ACC arena. It felt like a real ACC venue for the first time, uh, because in the past, even when they had sellouts in this program, it was mostly older. And when I say older, I mean people my age. I don't mean to insult because I'm 58. <laughs> but it was mostly older right. UM alums, and they would clap politely when the team would do something nice. But they weren't, like, wearing face paint. They, they didn't have those fat head posters. They weren't jumping around and screaming and all that. This year they were. The student section and the Category 5 group did an amazing job. So I, I really felt that something was building all season long with this team. And, and I did have a feeling that it was going to be a tournament team. I did not expect a final four i have to admit i did not expect a final four um but as the season went on clearly this was a very good team um and they were going to probably make the tournament and have a run in the tournament to see them in the final four to be sitting there in that arena and miami as one of the four final teams in the country after seeing where they came from from those original open tryouts with bob schneckenberg and mike noblet and you know a bunch of frat boys trying out for the team. Um, it's it's just comes it's come so far, and it was it was very stressful that night to cover because I also had to cover FAU. Uh, I had to do an FAU game story, and then followed right away by the UM game story. So it was a stressful night, but for me as a journalist, but it was also as someone who's covered this program for so long, it was uh, it was really rewarding to see just to see them finally reach, you know, pretty much the top of the mountain. The final four in college basketball is, you know, it's almost like winning a championship. So um, it was, it was fun. It was a really fun ride. It was hectic. You know, the month of March was, was crazier than ever for me as a journalist, but um, as somebody who's covered this program for so long, it was a lot of fun to see. I was going to say that I, I don't know for me in the last six weeks of that season, probably going back to the Florida State game where Florida State beat them at the buzzer, if I've had a more um, intense six weeks of broadcasting, when you consider the stakes that Miami was playing for and then the crisscrossing of the country. Yeah, crisscrossing of the country and the level of the level of opposition, they had a really – they had a very hard bracket. I mean, I don't think, you know, many people – First of all, people thought, well, when Norchad got injured, that was the first thing. Oh, God, Norchad got injured. That You know, that's it. They're not going to be able to do anything in the tournament. I remember on Selection Sunday, he arrived in a cart. He arrived in a cart, you know, for Selection Sunday. And he, his face, you know, his chin was down to the floor. And I thought, well, you know, it's been a nice season with horrible timing. They're not going to be able to really do anything in March. I mean, I really did think that. Yeah. Um, and then people thought, well, if they can make it past Drake, maybe they'll make it past Drake, but forget it. Then they have Indiana and you have, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and he's tall and big and they're not going to have Norchad. And, you know, I mean, that was what everybody thought at that time. Um, and then, you know, for him to be able to recover the way he did, play the way he did, they knock out Indiana and then it's like, oh, but now they have Houston. You know, now they have Houston in Sweet 16. That's the top defense in the country. The opponents are averaging 53 points a game. And Miami averages 85. You know, how's this going to work? They end up blowing them out. 
And then Texas. Okay, well, Texas is just like them. They're, you know, every round it was sort of like, well, this is going to be the end of it. You know, this has been a nice run, but this is going to be the end. And they just kept going and going and going. And, yes, the intensity built every single round. The intensity builds. The stakes are higher. The number of people watching is higher. I can tell you the page views, the number of page views of the, my, my stories in the Miami Herald, you know, were rising and rising and rising <laughs> with each day, with each week. Um, so, yeah, it's that's the great thing about the NCAA tournament. You know, it just it builds and builds to this crescendo at the at the final four. And, you know, there was such a buzz at the final four and having the FAU there was kind of cool, too, because they had. FAU and UM, they had all the, the fans sitting on the same side of the stadium. And then the other side was the, the other side was, you know, the other teams. So they had the Miami, the Florida teams were both on the same side. So the FAU fans were really rooting for UM and the UM fans were rooting for FAU. So that whole side of the stadium that was right behind where I was sitting, I was on, I was courtside and those people were all sitting behind me. And it was, it was just amazing to see these two South Florida teams in the final four with all these fans, um, you know, and the UM student section, by the way, the UM student section, uh, you know, they had more fans in the UM student section than the UConn yeah. fans. They did. They had more than UConn. They had more than San Diego state, more than FAU. And I joked to, when my daughter texted me and said, mom, the UM has the most students. And I said, yes, I think probably because they're the richest of the four teams that are left. So they could afford, they could afford to travel at the last minute to Houston, you know, but, um, but anyway, it was a great showing by the UM fans. I've never, ever seen that kind of a passion for UM basketball as I saw in that final four, you know, starting with the hotel. I know you were there at the team hotel and I went to visit, I was staying in the media hotel, but to see the passion in that lobby and to see the excitement and the buzz, you know, just like you see with, you know, when Duke travels or Carolina or UConn or whatever, you know, UM had that for the first time and, and in the arena too, and the students and all that. So my takeaway is that UM basketball really grew up as a program into a legitimate, not that they were not legitimate before they were from a basketball sense, but I'm talking about from a sense of the following, the passion from the fans, the following, the national media paying attention to them. Um, I, I really think the program took a leap this year, making the final four, you know, outside of the arena, just in the, in the perception of the program, I think. And, you know, perception is everything. So I think the perception of the program is now that this is a real legitimate contender type team. Um, you know, they can make a deep run every year, especially with Coach L in charge. And, uh, you know, they, they lost three players last year from an elite team, elite eight team, and they come back and replace with two new players who became stars. So, you know, I think going forward, the perception of this program has changed. And I will be curious to see, but I remain hopeful that next year when they start playing in their non-conference games and everything at the Watsco Center, that the students will show up again and that they will build on what they built. It would be a real shame if, if they drop off again. I mean, I really think that I think that there's going to be a, you know, a continued following for this program after what they did the last two years in a row. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. Um, I feel like Coach L might be the modern day Ron Frazier and that basketball uh, much like Ron Frazier did when he first started taking 
the baseball team to the World Series and the regionals, it became the thing. And now I think Coach L is showing that he can take his team to the NCAA tournament, not only take him to the tournament, but take him to the Final Four. And I'm, like you, hopeful now that people will fill the arena, much like they did Mark Lake Stadium under Ron Frazier. Yeah, I think they're very similar. You know, they're, they're guys who just, Ron Frazier and Coachell, they just, they love, when we talk about passion for their sport and for coaching, you know, Coachell, he loves to coach. I mean, clearly, he's 73, and he's still doing this with, with the same energy that he had before. Nothing has dropped off. You know, he loves to coach. He loves being around young people. He likes to just sit around on campus you know, you can find him on the on the student union. You can find him. He goes and gets a smoothie every day and sits out there with the students and just loves to chat with any student who will anybody who will talk to him, you know, law students, whatever, business students. It, he'll just sit there on a bench and, and talk to students. And that's how he just loves being on a college campus. He loves coaching. He has so much energy and passion for the game. And you can tell at every press conference that he has every press conference during the tournament, you know, all of the national media loves to gather when Coach L is talking because he will sit and just regale everybody with stories and with history. He knows everything about the history of college basketball, and he has stories to tell from from when he was at Virginia and when he was at Bowling Green and this and that, and he just, he's so into it. And Ron Frazier was the same way, just a legend, really a legend in the sport. Both of those men are were legends in their in their sports, and Coach L is still present, legend in the sport, and and great promoters. You know, great promoters of the game. I mean, obviously, Ron Frazier was just so creative with all of the really interesting and new things that he did with college baseball. Coach L is is just so enthusiastic as a promoter and always this was a great college basketball game. This is such a great sport. This is such a great tournament. You know, he's so enthusiastic. He's so positive and enthusiastic. And, you know, not all the coaches are like that. I mean, some coaches are really just and to X's and O's. And, you know, they're great coaches, but they really are way more focused on the X's and O's and they don't really see themselves as promoters of the game or promoters of their team or their program. I think Coach L is very much views his job as, yes, being a coach, but also being a promoter of the university, like an ambassador for the, I know he views himself as an ambassador of the university, an ambassador for college basketball as a whole, an ambassador for the hurricane basketball program. So, you know, he's really a, a very unique coach. And I remember, and I'm sure you do too, when the whole Frank Hay thing happened and they're looking for a new coach the thought, the thought process was that they needed to have somebody young. They needed yeah. someone young who was going to be a good recruiter, who can relate to young people. And when Coach L came in as a candidate, there were a lot of skeptics because I remember them. There were a lot of skeptics who said, eh, I don't know, this old guy from the Bronx, you know, yes, he had been to the Final Four with George Mason, but... You know, he's probably just going to come here to retire. He's not going to have the energy. How's he going to relate to kids? You know, I think there was definitely that fear among the skeptics. And he very, very quickly put that to bed. You know, I think it was pretty clear when he started and people got to see what he does and how he does it, that that they really got themselves a great coach. But now that has obviously been solidified. I mean, there's no question. I cannot even imagine 
a better coach for this program than Coach Laranega. He's he was just a perfect fit because he's a great X's and O's coach who can elevate players who are not necessarily five star recruits, which Miami needs because Miami does not generally get the five star or sometimes even four star recruits. He can take a three star recruit, a four star recruit, and elevate their game and teach them how to be better. So that's something that a UM coach needs. It needs to be someone who can take players who are not necessarily the top McDonald's All-Americans and turn them into winners. And then on top of that, someone who's going to be able to promote the program in a place that really does not, in a city that does not have a college basketball tradition. So in those two senses, I cannot think of a better coach for this program than than Coach Larnega. I mean, he really fits both parts of that job so well. I think he's the best coach in the country. Michelle, you've been great. Michelle Kaufman has been our guest. Michelle Kaufman of the Miami Herald. And uh, we're going to do this again on the Hurricane Hotline when basketball season uh, uh, picks up or when we uh, get more news on what the roster looks like. That'll be the next uh, story and the next topic we'll discuss uh, down the road. But thank you for being with us here on the Hurricane Hotline. Sure. We can talk anytime. I mean, yeah, the, the roster, who knows? Now with the transfer portal and spots <laughs> opening up, um, it's like a revolving door, you know. So once we have the once the roster is all set, we should talk again. Yep. All right, that's Michelle Kaufman joining us on the Hurricane Hotline. Thanks to Don Bailey Jr., our producer Danny Garcia. I'm Joe Zagacki. Have a very pleasant good evening, everyone. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.